0: The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. Hey guys, and welcome back to Flourish and Fulfilled. Now, today's topic is on core values this is a huge defining thing for me uncovering when I was doing my NLP practitioner qualifications. Now, the reason being was because typically, I think in society, core values are something that so many people think they know they already have uncovered or what their life is all about. But in reality, I think when you are doing NLP and timeline therapy, you uncover so many things that are so much deeper that you're actually not aware of. And so in society, typically our core values are what is a social construct or perhaps what our family think it needs to be or our friends or what we think everybody else believes our core values should be. Now for me, I would have previously probably said Family, security, money, in order to define my core values. But in reality, after doing all of the NLP work and so many hours of timeline therapy and uncovering deeper and deeper and deeper, I actually uncovered that my top three core values were freedom, fun, and connection. And what we uncover when we know what our deepest unconscious core values are is that every decision that we make comes back to those subconscious core values. Now, when I work really closely with women in the Flourish and Fulfilled Find Your Purpose course, it's been really incredible to see because it's a six-module course and I stop everybody after module number two. And the reason I do that is because when I go through the process that I'm going to take you all through today with core values, usually and typically their core values shift so much because they're still not allowing themselves to be open and vulnerable with what their actual authentic deepest selves are. Now, our core values are actually our unconscious internal representations, and they're formed before we're even seven years old. Now, typically, these are formed from watching our parents interact, or they have been formed from so many different things, from our religious views or school, social situations, friends, our location, uh, our wealth, historical events, or the way that media has been in our life all play a part in our formation of values. Values are what drive a person's true purpose. So when we live a life of total alignment, We're in total alignment of our deepest core values. So many of us that don't know what our deepest unconscious core values are, we're not truly able to live a life in alignment because we're just making decisions ad hoc, or we're doing what society thinks we should do, or we're climbing the career ladder, or we're staying at home and we're having children, but we're really not feeling fulfilled, or we don't understand what it is that we actually want. It's usually because we don't know who we actually are. deepest core. Now, when we're able to understand who we are at our deepest core and what our core values are, it helps us to make those hard decisions really, really easy because we literally can ask ourselves the question of, does this align with my deepest core values? Now, before we go into today's main topic, I will do my top three and bottom three from the week that was. Now, if you did tune in to last week's episode, I had my man on it, so it was quite a little bit of a whirlwind um, after releasing that podcast, going public with my new man. So my top threes for this week was being able to just live life without having to monitor whether he was in the background of my stories or what I was posting or having people critique or guess or assume what was happening, I was just able to live life. So that was definitely my biggest top. I haven't had to worry about what I've posted or um, think twice before I'm posting something anymore. And it's really, really nice to just live. My second top for the week is that school has just gone back for term two. And the girls have gone back to school without any tears and they are so confident and happy to be back at school. It's kind of like this year with the girls starting school, they've entirely changed in their personalities and how confident they are and they're just so beautiful and it's really, really nice to see that they're enjoying it. Um, So it's definitely been a second top for me this week. My third top for the week would be feeling like I'm getting back into the flow of things after having going to Adelaide, going to Noosa, going to Melbourne, coming back. um, I feel like I'm actually able to get on top of my work balance again. Yesterday, I had a to-do list of like 47 and I had 160 emails. And last night, I was so happy to bring that to-do list down to about five. So I love the feeling that being organized gives you because it gives you that sense of being on top of the world of not having all these things hanging over you. I know that I've spoken previously about the mental load of being a mom or a woman or being in a career that it is so many to-do lists hanging over your head so having that off my plate has really really helped. Now my bottom this week So I've really struggled with my iron levels and I'm usually really anemic and B12 deficient. And so that means I have to have blood tests. And for those that have followed me for a while, I hate having blood tests. I always faint. I hate the sight of a needle and I just don't do very well with it. And I had to go and have my iron levels checked because I had an iron fusion the month before. And I went and had my blood test done and my iron is actually at 200. So the normal range is between 30 and 250. So that's absolutely amazing news. However, in my blood results, it came back that my cortisol levels were critically high. And so what the doctor was saying to me is that it's at a point now where it's Literally, my body is going to shut down if I don't reduce my stress. And she's like, So, how can you reduce your stress? Um, I have four kids and a couple of businesses. So, I don't think that that's something that I can easily do. But being able to incorporate things like my meditation and reading and breath work are really going to be something that I'm trying to do this week. So, that's definitely a bottom. Uh, Second bottom this week would be struggling to reply to everybody's messages and emails. We've just come off the back of our manifestation challenge and we had over 5,000 women all join in and it's so beautiful to see. It's just such a struggle to make sure that everybody is responded to and feels like they're getting the support they need. So that's definitely a bottom. I wish I could duplicate myself by 50. Uh, And my last bottom would be that daylight savings has just ended. And I have children in two states and two different terms. And it just means readjusting and trying to get more organized and ahead of different time zones again. And typically, the girls would have started school at 7. 30 Queensland time. And now it's just like, I've lost an hour of my day in the morning. So it's just trying to get organized and get back on top. Overall though, not a bad week, but I hope that gives you a little bit more insight into my top three, bottom three for the week that was. Now, before we go deep into core values, I want to let you all know that this is a topic that we do discuss quite in depth in the Flourish and Fulfilled course, and there is a whole chapter in one of my workbooks in regards to this, and it's kind of not as straightforward or as simple as what I think most people would assume that core values are so I'm really wanting you to maybe grab a pen and paper today and I know that so many people listen to podcasts when they're walking or running so perhaps just bookmark this episode and I'm going to do a little bit of like a masterclass at the end and go through it all with you step by step so that you're able to uncover your core values um, and live a life of total alignment as well. So traditionally, when we are uncovering our core values, we need to uncover our belief systems and the cluster of beliefs surrounding certain things. So if you can imagine that your whole belief system is like a tree and we have all of these branches and every single branch has a different belief system or a different thought process and all of these belief systems are created from an internal representation of ourself through so many different areas from our friends to our parents to our family and throughout those branches we then found our core value Now, typically we have between one and eight core values and we like to break these down to about top three. Any more than three core values and you can usually see a reoccurring pattern happening where even though it's a standalone core value, it may actually still fall under one of those really higher ranked top core values. So, our core values are unconscious belief systems that form our personality. So it's really important that we're true to ourselves when we do uncover these in order to be our most authentic aligned selves. Now, it's interesting because when we did our NLP course, I actually should have brought my notes in um, when I was doing my NLP course because it's so incredible to actually watch myself work through the process and seeing how many different core values were thrown in the air before I actually got to what it was is really eye-opening. And I kind of think that Uh, a lot of people in the room were looking around like, what? And it was funny because I did my NLP qualifications with my best friend Liv. And when I turned to her and I was like, I got freedom. She was like, yeah, of course you did. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, "Oh, I could have picked that. And I've known her since I was born. And she knows me like the back of her hand. And she was like, everything you do in life aligns with freedom. Every choice you've ever made is always aligning with freedom. And so I was like, yeah, that's so true. The way I parent my children, the way I work, every single part of my life, if I feel at any stage that I'm not free, I freak out and that's misalignment. Now, core values impact us the most in the fact that they're the ones that we're not aware of. So, usually the ones that we don't know or we haven't uncovered give us the most most grief because we're kind of like in misalignment with ourselves. So, when we're working through core values, they're usually turned into a noun from like an internal representation. So, perhaps communicating is a really high value for you. So, that would be communication. When we're looking at our value system, we may think that something like money is our highest core value. But usually when we work through it, what we like to do is we chunk up. So why is money something that we would want? It could perhaps be that we're wanting to buy a plane ticket right now. And what would the plane ticket bring us? Perhaps it's a holiday or a vacation or something else that we're trying to achieve However, what does that actually still give us? So it's asking the question of why. So when we're working it out, I want you to start with a core value or something that you're actually wanting right now and ask why seven times. And it may sound like a huge task when you're just like, I don't know, I just want that. Like that's what I want. It's going to make me happy. And automatically right there, we've skipped straight ahead to the end goal of asking why. So, perhaps you believe that money will give you happiness. So, if you can see the way that we've done that, the highest core value of that is actually happiness. It's got nothing to do with money. And so, what we're doing is we're uncovering the root cause by asking why over and over and over. Once you can't answer why any further, that is your highest core value within that sense. Now, unconsciously, we become most like the people around us, which is referred to as modeling. So this means that our values are often formed for modeling our parents' behavior before we even turn eight years old. Modelling other people's behaviour could be something like dating a new partner. Perhaps they're vegan and I know that there's so many instances of my girlfriends that have dated a new partner and they literally form into being the exact same person. Eventually they eat less meat, less meat and perhaps they turn vegan. Perhaps it could be a situation of your son who has just started a trade and they're hanging around people that swear a lot more than usual and then you notice that they pick up way more swear words and in the end they don't even realize that they're swearing that much and it's quite a big shift when we start to notice that modeling behavior. I remember growing up my parents would always say this one sentence, bad association spoils useful habits and essentially it is we are who we hang around. And I know that often we talk about the top five people that we are hanging around, we become, but it is so, so true. Now, it only takes 18 months for our entire core value system to shift to somebody who we most hang hang around or are hanging around more. So remember, those top five people are really, really important. When we're first born, we're essentially brought into the world as a blank book, And when we go through the world, there's things like our friends, our parents, religion, wealth, school, all of those things that affect our views on the world. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to get you guys to write down a couple of these key points here. So between the ages of zero and seven, that's referred to as our imprint years. We're essentially like a sponge. We absorb absolutely everything and we store everything in our environment. We can't really differentiate between our parents and ourselves and we are very, very self-absorbed. So if our mum perhaps tells us off because we threw water or whatever it might be, we believe right then and there it is everything to do with us, nothing to do with anything else outside of us. Perhaps it could be that you're in a big family and you are between the age of zero and seven, and your mum can't attend to your needs right then and there because they're dealing with another sibling. We automatically internalise that and create a belief system that it is us and we are the issue. And so all it is, is simply that we don't have the maturity and the emotional understanding to understand that it actually has nothing to do with us. It's more about the fact that our parents are a different person to us. So our basic programming is between the years of two and four. So it's really special those first zero to seven years of a child's life. And I know that for those that have followed me, um, I chose to parent the girls, we chose, sorry, I shouldn't say I, we chose to parent the girls in an entirely different way to what I did with the boys, because I believe that when you know better, you do better. And um, zero to seven is such an integral part of those core values and that internal belief system and representation of who we become at a later day. So what we decided to do is that we would limit the interactions that the girls had with the outside world or people that we didn't know or um, anybody who was going to interact with them. And the way that we did that is they didn't go to childcare and they were only around people who we really trusted and we never left them in a place that we weren't able to. Now, I really want to point out here that I understand that a lot of parents are going to work and not able to do that. And we're so blessed to work for ourselves to be able to do that. It was just something that was really important to us. And I really hope pays off. The funny thing about parenting is, is that, I laugh when somebody says parenting expert, because you never truly know until your kids are like 40, 45. Like I'm putting this out there of what I'm doing, but I don't know if it's worked or not. And I probably won't know for many, many years. Now, another really interesting thing about these imprint years, which is zero to seven years, is that most phobias are formed between the ages of three and seven and usually subconscious. So when we work through NLP or timeline therapy, you have to actually go into the unconscious levels to be able to release a phobia. Now, phobias are usually usually released in the quickest amount of time because it is in those really young subconscious imprint years. So three to seven is those years in those periods. When you go through to the modelling period, that is ages 8 to 13, and at age 8, a child starts to notice other kids around them and starts to model their behaviour, their interactions, and then in turn, they start to pick up the values of other people, not just their own internal representations. So, major values are usually picked up between the ages of 8 and 13. We then move on to the socialisation period of 14 to 21. And this is where social interactions with other people are formed from social values. And by age 21, most of our major values are formed. When I went and read back over this again, doing NLP, it's so mind blowing because for me, that socialization period didn't really happen. I was homeschooled from year eight. I was married at the age of 17. I had my first baby at 18. And it's just so insane that my brain was not even formed yet. All those really integral parts of learning about who you are and those core values were not even there. So whilst I don't regret anything, it's also like a huge eye opener. Now, timeline therapy, as I mentioned before, is the fastest way of uncovering your core values because what it allows us to do is go back unconsciously to uncover those first memories of those core value formations. And it's really, really, really cool. So if you do want to go deeper into timeline therapy or NLP, there is a lot of practitioners around. Um, And I might actually do an entire episode in the future in regards to NLP and timeline therapy. So if that is of something that you want me to discuss more of, just make sure that you let me know. Now, to get started in uncovering your own core values and ranking, you firstly have to ask yourself a few questions. As I mentioned earlier, you have to be very honest with yourself. It's not about telling me what the answers are, it's about being really honest with yourself. And when I work with the goals in the Flourish and Fulfilled course, my first, first piece of advice is that you never let anybody read your workbook. I think the reason for that is not because you're trying to hide stuff from your partner or your friends or your housemates, but something subconsciously happens when you know that no one else is ever going to read what is in it. And I think it allows you to be more honest and vulnerable with yourself. So what is your favorite working experience and why is it so important to you? So I'm going to ask you a few questions to firstly uncover what your top core values could be, and then we're going to work through a couple of processes step by step so that you're able to uncover your highest core values within today's episode. Perhaps it could be who is the most important person to you and why? What qualities do they have that you just love about them? What is the most important location that you have been and why? What did you notice that you felt when you were there? How do you like to spend your time and why? If you could do anything in the world right now, what would you do? And I'm going to ask one final one to this. What is the most important thing to you right now? Now, it could be your peace, it could be your health, it could be a relationship, it could be a sport or a hobby, and whatever that looks like for you is totally fine. Typically, we try not to put core value words in somebody else's mouth, because what would look like peace to me may look like calm to you. And it's really important that that sparks or ignites that emotional trigger and response to that core value for you. So if I give you a word for that, that's taking it away from your emotional response and trigger and whatever that may be for you. Ask yourself, why is it most important to you? And then we're going to go through eight things that you can think of as to why it is most important to you and rank these in order of one to eight of importance. Now, number one, obviously being the highest And I want you to go all the way down to eight. And once you have that list, (laughs) rewrite it with where you wish it stood. So what we tend to do is when we find our list of one to eight of where they're currently ranked and we swap it to where we wish they were, it allows us to be able to get a bit clearer of where we're currently at versus where we want to go. Working through that list get it down to your top three to five core values that you cannot live without. So let's just say they're going to be fun, freedom, connection, same as mine. could be health, wealth and happiness. It could be anything that aligns with you. Now I am going through these points fairly quickly. So you may need to pause this and go back and really ask yourself and go really deep. As I mentioned before, make sure that you're asking yourself why and going through that process really, really clearly and quickly to make sure that you're getting to the top core value of that answer, not that it's money, that it's happiness. So make sure that you're really listening to those step-by-step processes. Now from there, I'm wanting you to ask yourself these questions about each point. So how do you know when you're whatever your core value is. So let's say it's free, freedom. How do I know when I'm feeling freedom? What does it mean to you to have freedom? How do you know when someone is dot, dot, dot? What causes you to feel? Now, it's really interesting during these step-by-step questions because what you may have noticed is that your highest core value may be realigned. Once you've found your highest core value in this step-by-step process, I want you to notice how you represent that highest core value within yourself and also the emotional response that it provides for you. Now, when you do have that highest core value, picture it in your mind and close your eyes and I want you to make a picture in your mind of what that looks like. Now, it's really important that it's through your own eyes. So I don't want you to perhaps be a child that's looking outside of yourself. It has to be through your own eyes. And I want you to look into your body and notice that what you feel within that core value and really picture it and what it represents for you. So some questions to ask yourself here. Is it black and white? or is it coloured? Is it focused or is it fuzzy and defocused? Is it close to you or is it far away? Is it a movie or is it a still picture? Does it have a location? Are there sounds around you? Now take some time to really work through those questions and I want you to do the same thing with your second and third values. Now, if any of these don't have an emotional response or you cannot form a picture that is through your own eyes, it's not a core value. So I'm wanting you to go back through and do that all again and make sure that you're able to see it through your own eyes and embody it. So when we embody that core value, we're able to really get in tune with what it truly is that we're feeling. Now, once we have our top three core values, we can ask ourselves a simple question of if I had this, but I didn't have this, is that okay? So let's say it's freedom, fun and connection. So if I had freedom, but I didn't have fun, would that be okay? So for me, working through that list of getting to freedom is my number one. I could do almost anything as long as I had freedom, it would be okay. So work through your three to five core values in order to get that order of asking yourself the simple question of, if I didn't have this, but I had this, would it be okay? And what we tend to find is that we get our top three core values in order, So uncovering our subconscious belief systems through our core values allow us to live a life of alignment. And what I can guarantee you is that within your relationships, it'll allow you to see the world so much clearer within your partner and the way that your partner wants to live their life as well. Um, It's really, really eye-opening because when I've done this with couples or friends and they uncover what their true core values are, They're able to see so much clarity with why their partner makes certain decisions and the reasoning behind the way they live their life. It's kind of like having a love language of where they're wanting to go and how they're wanting to live. So uncovering our highest core values are so important for being totally happy and living life in alignment. Now we go quite deep within the Flourish and Fulfilled course for core values before moving forward because we use all of this basis and knowledge of these top three core values within the rest of the Flourish and Fulfilled course modules. So once we've uncovered these, everything else is based on these top three core values and belief systems. I hope that that was easy enough for you guys to understand today. As always, I will finish up with my bookworm and what I am reading this week. But if you did want more information, you can head to the Flourish and Fulfilled Instagram, where we often post so many different worksheets and um, PDF downloads and quizzes and things like that, so that you can uncover your highest core values in the easiest way possible. So, this week, my book recommendation is attached, and it is almost like a workbook of sorts. So, you can go through and figure out your attachment style and how to choose the perfect partner according to your own attachment style, but also how to figure out their attachment style as well. Now, I have bookmarked so many pages in this book and I often refer back to it because there's so many really beautiful points of why certain people just don't match and how to work if you are in a different relationship of attachment theory. So That's a definite recommendation here. So this week I have a listener's question here that I would love to answer, so I'll play that now. Hi, I'm just bringing up just to um, one thing that I would love to know um, and even if, yeah, you could even just say your story on how, um, yeah, you ended up in the Gold Coast or um, I'm pretty sure you're from the Gold Coast and, yeah, how you made that move happen, um, what made you want to do it, and yeah why you would never come back to Adelaide um, even though it's home Um, yeah so just kind of wanted to know how that all got started Um, yeah how you settled in if you made friends over there first or if you had a job before you left Adelaide yeah okay thank you bye So when I moved to the Gold Coast, it's so bizarre moving away from your family hometown, especially considering that I have always lived in Adelaide. Adelaide is certainly home to me. And every time I fly home, I get that beautiful sense of relief of being at home and knowing that no matter what suburb I go to, I have family and friends and I have so many cousins and aunties and all my favorite restaurants and bakeries and I love Adelaide. Now coming up here, the opportunities, the lifestyle, the weather, I can't possibly provide the same experience for my children's childhood in Adelaide yes, I can definitely give them their family and the winery and the farm and surf and having all of those relatives around them. But for me, it's really important that they grow up where we're living at the moment. Now, moving up here, I remember ringing my mum probably about a month after moving and crying and just being like, mum, I don't even know where to go grocery shopping if I wanted to right now. I don't know where anything is. I had to start from scratch with support networks. I didn't have any family here. I have no family. And so for me, it was so hard to have two young boys in a town where I didn't know anybody. Growing up in Adelaide, I thought it would be so amazing to move to Surfers Paradise. Like, I don't know what I was thinking looking back now. And it's been really interesting seeing the way that I have progressed up here because I have lived up here now for nine years. So, I started off at Surfers and I slowly went south, 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 south because it just was so overwhelming to me growing up on land and in a farm country town to moving to Surfers Paradise was quite eye-opening. It's been beautiful because... I've been able to connect with the boys and the kids and have some breathing space to raise them exactly how I want. And I think that if I was in Adelaide, I probably wouldn't have worked as hard to get where I needed to go because I probably would have associated and gone out with my friends instead of just staying at home and working. I originally moved up here because my uh, ex-husband lived up here and his family is up here and there was no way I could bring him to Adelaide. So moving up here was definitely made easier because I did have his support. I struggled to find a suburb that I really loved and wanted to raise the kids in until probably three houses down. And it allowed me to have the freedom of going to the gym and going to the boys school really easily and knowing where everything was before I felt really comfortable and at home. Moving away from my childhood friends was probably the hardest part and I think coming up here nine years ago, social media was huge and I was competing really heavily at the time and it was really overwhelming moving up here after coming from Adelaide where it definitely was not the same. We didn't have any healthy cafes or supermarkets and it was so advanced moving to the Gold Coast in Queensland compared to what Adelaide was like. It was quite overwhelming moving up here and within a matter of years I definitely wanted a quieter lifestyle and have done that now. It's been beautiful to get to know some new friends up here and make new connections but I just don't think that there is anything like having those childhood friendships that I still maintain today. I think coming up here to the Gold Coast as well, everybody had this preconceived idea of who I was or what they thought I was going to be like from social media and I think weeding through the people that wanted to be my friend because of what they thought I was like or who I was going to be and finding those connections for exactly who I am and those authentic, beautiful friendships has been a real challenge. I still think my childhood friends from Adelaide are still my besties so I don't think that it's about um, moving away to seek out new friendships or relationships, but it has certainly been eye-opening nonetheless. I definitely would recommend moving, well, to the Gold Coast or anywhere else because it's a new experience and new changes. Um, And I would never move back to Adelaide because the lifestyle up here is something I can't provide for the kids in Adelaide. I hope that has answered your question in a very roundabout way. If you also have a question, you're more than welcome to call me direct on the hotline, which is 075649 As always, guys, don't forget to review, subscribe and follow on the Flourish and Fulfilled closed Facebook group and Instagram. Bye.